Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jericho. Crazy week this week. NCAA tournament kicks off. I'm going to tell you why North Carolina's loss to Duke in the AC title game was actually better for them than it was for Duke. Also, we got a big show. We got a lot of NFL news still coming. Johnny Football is back. Not where you think. And just a lot more. So let's get rock and roll. Let's hit the rundown first, Mark. Yeah, we'll dive right into the rundown, and just like you said, Johnny Football is back. There was rumors all weekend that he was going to the AAF, and there was people saying it's not happening, and then what do you know? He's, I'm telling you, I will. I have blatantly said on here that I do not really watch AAF. It's, it's, I'm trying. It's just other things going on, or I'm really usually too hungover to even turn it on. Um, He's honest about it, folks. I'm honest. I'm an honest human being here. But the Memphis Express, the team that needed one, bad, right? That's the team that had uh, Hackenberger. Hackenberger just got hurt. So Hackenberger, who literally, I might be a better quarterback than he is. This is a crazy, it's crazy world out there in the AF. But yes, Giant Football is back. The Memphis Express, they just won this past weekend, too. I don't know who was even quarterback for them because I'm pretty sure Zach Mettenberger got hurt. Um, but yeah, no, it's awesome. It's good for them big time. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm just Johnny football. We talked about it with the past three episodes. We wanted him back. He's electric. He might not be as electric because who knows what kind of shape he's in, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I think the craziest thing with me is that <laughs> it would be great just to see him like tear it up again. He doesn't have to be like good, like like all like MVP level stuff, but like just to have like some success again, it would not only bring ratings to the league because everyone wants to watch Johnny Football, but maybe all these guys who think it's they're too good for it would just be like, huh, maybe there's some fun with this. Like, I think a lot of why a lot of players don't play in the AF is egos, and that's that's pretty much the base thing for it because a lot of these guys are like, oh, it's a minor league, I'm too good for this, and I'm like, really. Where's your NFL contract there, Slick? Where's your CFL team calling you? You're still here on the couch or training or something. I, I you know what? I love the move. I love I'm 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 a little pulling for the express now. I'm still a San Diego fleet boy, and that's my team, but I um I'm rooting for uh Johnny football. I want to see him play a little ball now. Yeah, I think it I think it will I think it's good for him. I mean, he was to say he's gonna be like any good. He was Hey, really, he completely suck. I don't I know. Because he didn't do too hot in the Canadian league, I'm pretty sure. He also got uh, cut for violating his contract. So there's there's a little difference there. But I mean, yeah. listen, I'm I'm up for it. I'm all I'm all in on Team Johnny Football here. Uh, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. So we're gonna keep moving on. Stay football, not AAF, but a person that is the traveling man. Some call him. Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, aka the biggest baller in football, the biggest baller in football on his third AFC East team, eighth overall NFL team. If he throws a pass or a, I think a touchdown for the Dolphins, he like breaks a record for most teams that a quarterback's thrown a, a touchdown to. It's oh, not a good stat. It's not a good stat. 
But he knows his role, and he does not care anymore. He's going to go play in Miami. They're going to suck. He's probably going to get his ass kicked because their offensive line is not good. They're pretty much tanking. There's It's tank for two all over the place, which I'm very confused by just because – well, Trevor's not going to be available. I know, I know. I was talking about, I was actually talking to our boy Kevin about this actually, but Tua's got to have an MVP season this year, like a Heisman season, or else his stock's going to drop. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, he's definitely he looks so much shy in that championship game. What's I'm saying, but knowing how I feel like what we know from Tua and his work ethic and how he's they're going to, I'm telling you, Alabama is going to be a scary team this year because they're going to be pissed off no matter who they play. Um, I'm telling you, yo. There's like three or four good teams in the um, ACC now. Clemson might not make 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 it back to the Final Four because they might just like slip up. Because they they always have a hangover year after they win. It happens every time. So, I and they also lost a lot of their good defense. But we can talk college football all we want. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this though. I mean, Fitz, I love Fitzmagic. He's just you know. He, he even though he did cost our Eagles a win in week two, it's just he's fun to watch because he just somehow pulls wins out of his ass wherever he goes. And and he like last year the boxer a couple years ago with the who was it the Jets he was doing that with or was it the he, well he was on the he was well he that's where we really all started because I think he was a Bengal nothing really happened. Um, he went to the Bills when it was like the huge like he was doing well. I was like oh this guy went to Harvard it was a big deal. They signed him. He ended up sucking. Went to the Jets as a backup. Took over because Gino got hurt. Did really well. Had that huge free agency where he like held out, and then they signed him to like a one-year crazy deal. Ended up sucking again. I think it was the Texans, and then he finally had the Bucks. Like he's been all over the place, and he always has like his record. I think in the first four games of his like are, is insane. Like he always has a good record in like the first three games of the season, but then the rest of the season it's always terrible. So. I want to go to a guy like Charlie Casserly or Bucky Brooks, one of these like heavy duty NFL scouts who watches so much, or like uh, Greg Greg Cosell from any of these heavy duty NFL guys who watch like hours and hours of film. And I want to just ask him, how the hell does that happen every year? <laughs> it's it's insane. Like I might actually bet on the Bucks for three or four games in a row at the beginning of the season just because I know Fitzmagic's record is insane. It's because nobody the takes him serious. What? Nobody takes him serious. Well, yeah, our Eagles didn't, and we all. Well, I mean, the Saints freaking lost to him for God's sake. Like, nobody takes him serious, and then they realize, like, oh gosh, I guess we actually have to like play against this guy a little tougher. Hey, you know, when I've actually watched film on Ryan Fitzpatrick, because I actually do, I'm one of those weird people who actually enjoy watching film because it's nostalgia from high school. But with his magic, he chucks the ball down the field. He's not like they were talking about this with the Deshaun Jackson sign with Phillies because. No, he didn't fit in Jack in um in Tampa because Jameis is not a accurate deep ball passer. He ranked like 22nd out of 22nd of the quarterbacks who qualified for some kind of stat. I was reading this. It was um I think it was a uh, one of the guys from ESPN. I can't remember his name right now, but they were talking about how Jameis chucking the ball on field was ranked last in the league out of qualified quarterbacks or like like at least the top 25. And it was weird because. Like he was talking about how Carson ranked in the top eight, which is great. And we saw Carson airball some throws this year. But, like, James's style is chuck the ball at Mike Evans 100 miles an hour and hope he catches it. Or, like, dink it off in the slot where he knows he can make those completions. Because Fitzmagic, as much as he's an average quarterback, Duke can chuck a deep ball. We saw it all at the beginning of last year. He's not a hard guy to figure out. That's so why he made Robbie Anderson kind of somewhat of a household name at wide receiver because that's what he would do when he was up in New York. So 
the thing is with Fitzmagic, he's going to be fun to watch on because they've got some burners down in Miami. So, like, it's going to be fun. I'll give him that. Well, it's going to be fun just because they're going to start off and, like, they might like, – I forget who I was listening to earlier today. And like, he's like, you bet your ass that Fitzmagic probably beats the Patriots one time. Oh, they yeah. always beat him one time, and it's just going to be, like, a huge deal. And they're going to be like, oh, I thought they were tanking, but they beat the Patriots or some dumb shit like that. But um, I think it's – I mean, I think it's fine. There's already – there's a huge deal of, like – well, now it's obvious like that they're tanking because they could have signed Kaepernick, which would have been a hype thing, and it, they probably would have still sucked, but they'd rather avoid the controversy. Like, I mean, I agree that if you're signing Fitzpatrick and pretty much admitting you're tanking, you might as well just sign Kaepernick too. But it's whatever, that topic's always going to be there. The quarterback gets signed and it's not Kaepernick. But we'll just continue on with another quarterback, and it, the news just broke like pretty much before we recorded this. And Blake Bortles, also known as the boat from uh, some people say the best of all time, even though we all know that's not true. But he is signing to be the backup of the L.A. Rams. What a combo that's going to be. Freaking Blake Bortles and Jared Goff. Those two are going to be just sitting there be like, what's up, bro? Bro. 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 <laughs> you see that, bro? Yeah, bro. I love you, bro. Bro. Yeah, yeah that's literally what it's going to be. Because uh, this is just great because leave it to Bortles to mess up and find his way to Los Angeles. And le- let's say Jared Goff gets hurt this year. God, I hope he doesn't because, you know, I, I, and it, as much as I think Jared Goff will never be as good as Wentz, and everyone needs to stop comparing them because they're two different styles of quarterbacks too. But Goff is a gorgeous deep ball. And the thing is, I you know I me, mean, I love the deep ball. Uh <laughs> It's just I would imagine Bortles comes in and wins a couple games for the Rams this year. Oh my god, it'd be just great. But it's a win-win for him. I don't like. He knows he's not being a starter any like right now. He didn't. He didn't want to go to if the even if the Dolphins even offered him. He was like, screw that. I'm not trying to go there to get my ass kicked. He's going to a team who most likely is going to win that division again and be at a chance to make just. You might get a freaking ring. Like, yeah, just like what? Like yeah, let's go get out of Jacksonville, which is kind of a mess right now, and let's just go to L.A. where I can just kind of coast and hang out with some cool people in L.A. Dude, that quarterback room is going to be hilarious. Sean McVay is gonna be dealing with, like, I don't know if these two are intelligent QBs, but it's gonna be just like he's gonna be staring at them and be like. Uh, like, it's just well, McVay's also got to worry about the fact that Bill Belichick, he's got to remove that Bill Belichick mind control chip out of his head. But I mean, yeah, I, you mad? I wonder if Blake Bortles is going to be able to comprehend that offense. Oh, no, he won't. He's gonna come, <laughs> if Jared Goff has to come out for something, Blake Bortles is going to run there and be like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a football third, and that offense just makes my head spin because there's just so many moving parts. It makes New England look like freaking matchsticks. Well, that's the thing. It was all moving parts except for the biggest game of the year when it all just decided. Well, that's just McVay's a chicken. I, I mean, what else do you want me to tell you? Yeah. But, yeah, so Blake Bortles is out in L.A., which is going to be amazing for him. Uh, but we'll keep going, and – this was not a signing. Well, actually, let's go with another signing first before we get to the releasing. But a signing today for the R Eagles, Andrew Sudehu. Hey, football Sudehu. tough again, my dude. Yeah, so I was surprised that the Vikings let him go because we only signed him for a one-year deal. Um, but, yeah, we got another safety back there to help out well, Malcolm Jenkins. 
we have that weird formation that teams have started to copy us in where we drop Jenkins into the box like a monster back. Yep. And so Sinejo drops back with McLeod. Dude, I don't want to run between those two. McLeod and Sinejo are both headhunters. This is great. I love it. We finally have another thumper back there to go with McLeod. I kind of I kind of appreciate it, man. It's kind of he's a good enforcer on the back end. It's like almost he's kind of like that DJ Swearinger kind of type. Like he isn't like a his he's okay like athleticism wise, but his claim to fame is he'll kill you, and I love it. Yeah, he fits Philly's attitude. He uh, it cracks me up like how Rosman loves the one year prove it deals because he's doing like he's just like all right, come here for one year. Darby, I, I love that move. Like yeah. I, I texted you the other day. I'm like Ronald Darby's coming back. We can even talk about that for a second. But I love Ronald Darby. I was trying to explain this to a guy today because he was like, why'd you offer him one year deal? I'm like. Because he literally is probably the best corner. He's one of the best cornerback in that class, in the free agent class. And two, the guy's 25, runs about a 4-3, can play man and zone, bump and run coverage, and he's not a talker. He literally sits back there, picks Pat. Like, guys would th- like quarterbacks threw away from Darby this year, if you didn't notice that. The only guy who targeted him was Dak Prescott because Amari Cooper was covering it, was being covered by him. So I love these proven deals by Howie because they they haven't backfired on us yet. So I love it. And well, he also got a one-year deal because he's coming off an ACL. So I'm surprised he took it unless he wasn't getting multi-year well, offers. I also think with Darby, a lot of teams were very cautious. But even with Cindy too, both I love both these contracts. Yeah. Because they're both – It's not only is adding depth to it. Are we getting Corey Graham back or is he retiring? I hope he's gone. I don't even really want him back, honestly. I mean, he was good as a Swiss Army knife kind of guy. But no, like, it was pretty terrible. Every time we had a big third down play, I swear they all no, went Trey right Trey Sullivan got burned every five, every game. Trey Sullivan wasn't even on the roster every game. Very true, actually. On and off. But either our, way. Our, our defensive back, like, unit, besides Malcolm Jenkins, was just like a ro- – and Avante Maddox was just a rotating box. Yeah. Um, I mean, you gotta remember that. Yeah, we had a bunch of injuries. Well, the Eagles had a bunch of injuries, but way too many. Yo, the the story should be like, who's gonna start? Like, we have Mills, LeBlanc, Darby, Maddox, Douglas, and Jones, and that's just our corners. Like, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I'm actually kind of excited. I mean, I was, of, yeah. besides Darby, like, there's two open spots there. Like, what's gonna happen? I'm like, actually kind of cool. It's gonna be nice having some depth there for once. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know. I feel like they're not a big fan of Douglas all the time just because he does make some mistakes. But well, then he makes also, it's plays. like the best tackling cornerback in the league. The guy does not get stuffed by anybody. He's, he's a big cornerback, too. Uh, but, I, I honestly can see him moving to safety eventually. Cause like, uh, he reminds me of, remember, um, uh, what was it? Browner? No, from, he was on the Eagles. Oh, Sheldon Brown. Nope, he was a safety. And he kind of got moved into linebacker. It wasn't Quentin Michael, but it was something Michael. Sean Cons. Oh, Michael Lewis. Yes, that's who he reminds me of. Big, big old dude that like can play all over the field. It wasn't, was it Michael Lewis? I mean, dude, I mean, but the thing is with Douglas, he actually plays well. The problem is his speed receivers are his kryptonite. Yeah. Big um, guys like big guys like um like Mike Thomas, he's all over. It's just. Yeah, um, but I wonder if all these one year deals are he's just they how he just does this because he knows he's going to pay Wentz eventually. So he's like, I don't need to sign multi-year deals until we figure out what the hell we're doing, like with my yeah. contract. But also, he's pretty good at negotiating restructures, and I think the, the culture in Philadelphia is not as unstable as some other teams. So I feel like the, I'm not as worried about the um, the Wentz extensions as I should be, as I used to be. Oh, we'll find out how big of Wentz's ego is. <laughs> yeah, 
Because, you know, we had that dude, that loser with that article, and now it's kind of like. These are as bad as Big Ben. You got guys still coming out saying Big Ben. Oh now there's something today with we the Todd Haley thing. We had the guy, did you hear about Josh Harris today? On, uh, yeah, the, the Todd Haley thing. Yeah. And How he I decided just, to fumble the ball because Todd Haley wanted to run it and Big Ben with the knee it, so he fumbled it, so then they were forced to take a knee. Like, like come on, dude. Like, that's crazy. Um, like, that would, you know what the worst part about it is? I agree with Nick, Nick Wright was talking about this too. I love Nick Wright because he's kind of got a good head on his shoulder most of the time. But that's so bad because we, like, they, they immediately crucified Antonio Brown over the past couple weeks. And you saw Big Ben literally risking injuries to other players just to prove a point. The amount of ego that takes is insane, and it makes Antonio Brown's point more valid. I've never liked Big Ben from the start, and this I, honestly, for a guy like me who's never been a fan of his, I love I love hearing things like this because I'm like, yeah, this guy's a effing loser. Yeah, I mean it makes sense that he like well, I don't feel things aside, which make me hate him even more. But yeah, I mean I've always been a I always I mean he's a very good quarterback I think. Not I don't, anymore. I know we don't have to get that again, but I mean yeah he's kind of. Even uh, Ryan Clark on ESPN, and he's a pretty honest human being when he's on there. He's like, yeah, Big Ben's my dude, but he definitely, like, there's something there that, like, he said, he, he said we got along, but he said he was, he was a lineman's guy. He was a – he didn't really hang out with all the, like, uh, special talent players. So, I don't know, but that whole thing's just crazy. Big Ben's going to – they're, they're, he's going to figure it out the hard way this year because he's not going to have his guys or they're going to, or he's going to prove that he doesn't need them. Uh, but we'll keep moving on. And that is in the same division. And that is the Bengals. And I guess it just took Marvin Lewis to get fired for Vontez perfect to not be a Bengal anymore. Well, the question is, will he actually get signed somewhere? Cause he's a talented linebacker. It's just, yeah, he's just a liability. He's just a psychopath. <laughs> like, he, like, he plays the game to hurt people, it almost appears like sometimes. And he can't even deny it because there's some plays it's like, dude, like, come on. But then again, like you said, he is pretty good at his position. I don't, I'm trying to think who could – go to the Raiders. Go to the Raiders. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Seriously, you imagine him that – Like early, early, early in the process, he was projected as like a number five overall pick. Really? I, I don't even remember what it year. It was our senior year of high school. Really? Yeah, I remember. No, junior year, sorry. Because my buddy, one of my buddies from high school, always was talking about, oh, yeah, Vontae's perfect. This. I'm like, all right, great. Well, but what's this guy's claim to fame? He goes, oh, he's the next Ray Lewis. I'm like, that's pretty high praise for a kid out of Arizona State. And I'm like, well, Ray Lewis wants to take. And then the guy runs like a 4940 at the freaking combine or something terrible like that. Something worse than that. Says he was anything. He's anything but a first-round pick after that combine. Oh yeah, his combine was atrocious. So it's like, I'm, I'm like, all right, well maybe like. So I don't know about Burvick's the weirdest NFL story I've ever seen though. I honestly look at his collective talent. Yeah, he's a solid middle linebacker, but he's not worth the headache. He might not get another job after this. I think he will, just because. I don't middle know. I literally player. just looked up though. And it said his draft, and then it says seven hours ago, he said, are the Raiders going to sign? Like him in Raiders town with black and silver would just be just – him and 
Him and Marshawn Lynch on the sidelines, I can't even imagine the kind of conversations they'd be having. Oh, my God. And you got Antonio Brown hyping them up and, like, being crazy. Oh, that would actually be a weird uh, – Yeah, because part. Antonio Brown took headshots at him. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I actually – now I really want that to happen. I know, right? <laughs> talk about, talk about killing a locker room. About this. Like, wait, Lo, Lynch is a free agent, I thought. Either way, I don't know. I don't know what Marshall Lynch deal is, but now I just want it simply because Antonio Brown got destroyed by Vontez in that playoff game, and then Juju hit Vontez to because Juju the whole thing killed Vontez, like, which is amazing for the size comparisons. But. Well, Juju also has been known to be a good blocker. That was like one of his like his ticks when he was coming out of uh, USC, like. Well, I I love I've been loving Juju since he was playing at USC, and I was kind of sad when the Eagles didn't grab him in the second or third round because I loved the fact that he could just blow blow past guys. And two, got great hands. And three, he was a great blocking receiver. And yeah. I am all about receivers who can block because I like outside runs. But Juju's like one of his claims of fame was he could kill a linebacker on a chip block. It was not a hard thing for him to do. So true to that. Oh yeah. Um, so he's, 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 baby, tough as hell. Yeah, talk about a locker room problem, right, to start off with this new team. Can you imagine? I don't think – now that I think about it, John Gruden and Mike Mayock would either have to be really dumb or they'd have to sit down the two before the signing. Like, could you guys do this? And if they were like, yeah, then sure. But, um, yeah. All right, so moving on, that is all the football talk we have. And we'll get into some NBA and a little rivalry that has kind of been brewing up. And it's in the East, not the West, because we don't really know you talk about the West right now, because we could get into LeBron and how he got blocked by – I guess we can talk about it. <laughs> LeBron, did you see how he got – I beat my Timberwolves season, by the way. Oh, I – Tank for Zion. Yeah, Tank for Zion. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Tank tank for uh, Mario Hazonia. Tank for him, the guy that's already in the NBA. Who blocked LeBron? He was he pretty much stared him down. And then earlier, there's a picture of LeBron on his knee, and he's pointing and laughing like this is the cockiest person who has a total of seven blocks in his career or some shit. He averages like no points a game. He's not even like he's a he was supposed to be a big dude. It's like like oh, I understand completely, and it is I mean. LeBron is not look like LeBron, and you kind of been calling it. But I don't think I just oh, think it. It's I don't, making me so happy. You have no idea seeing LeBron crash and burn. It's I don't know. I don't think he's officially done or not even close yet. Next year will be the the telling tale. But um, yeah, it's weird to see like something like that. LeBron easily he should at least get the best it up. We can even talk about how his biggest fan con Coward. Dude, I was I've been listening to Coward all week because I've been I've been on that more. You know, I like in hearing the better guys of our of our industry to get better. And Coward's blowing this dead, dude. And I'm kind of like I'm dancing on LeBron's grave right now because LeBron's Lakers is great. Because you know what the thing is, I loved I didn't like love, but like one of the teams I was kind of rooted for low key when I was here was the Lakers because I loved Kobe. Come on, Shaq. Malone, Gary Payton, Elgin Baylor, freaking <laughs> Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, like so many great le- Magic Johnson, some of the great Kareem, some of the greatest players ever to walk the plane play basketball wore that golden purple. And one of my favorite players of all time, Kobe. And to me, 
seeing a guy who I had grew to despise while he was in Cleveland, LeBron, go there to try to almost like try to make like, oh, maybe I'll take over Kobe's legacy, which that's why when they made the murals and they kept getting the face, that made me so happy because I'm like, you know what? Like LeBron, you're in the Mamba territory now. This isn't like Cleveland you're where you're like worshiped like a god. This is a place where a, my, three players who I consider equal equal to, or better than you, possibly four, depending on how keep more you keep screwing up here, came before you and won titles. You haven't won shit, and all you did have managed is she. He pissed off Jeannie Buss and she tried to trade him. Well, unofficially, according to Rick Buecher, she actually asked um, um, Rob Polinka of LeBron no trade clause. That was kind of like the rumor going on in the Lakers. Um, the Lakers front office and then I guess like no teams wanted him because like who wants a guy like LeBron who literally can blow up a locker room in five minutes which I think is a talent honestly but I love all of this man it's making me so happy because I just can't stand the jackass and that's the worst part he's such a talent but his attitude and the way he handles himself pisses me off to no end I love LeBron the the, the the guy who helps out for charity and does all these great things for the inner cities and communities and stuff like that. I love that side of him. I cannot stand his personality. I cannot stand him on the court. I cannot stand what he did to the NBA for the last 10 years. And I love our boys like Giannis and Ben Simmons going at it. Now, if their girlfriends, Kendall Jenner, and insert girl's name here, get in a fight, it's even better. So, Mark, that's a perfect transition. Let's go. Perfect transition. And, yes. So a uh, little big – or not big East. Uh, East's uh, little rivalry, number one against – I think the Sixers are like three or four right now. I think they're four. But uh, big game. Everyone's making a big deal because Malcolm Brogdon's out six to eight weeks, and that's huge for their team. I get that, but the Bucks will be all right. Either way, Giannis backs down Ben Simmons right in the paint, turns around, dunks right over top of him. With the end one, which I didn't really think was foul. Either way. It's Giannis, so he absorbs fouls like a freaking magnet. He is a massive. He's the Greek freak for a reason. As he's walking away, he obviously was pretty much like screaming in Ben Simmons' face, but he's also walking away, and he says, you can see the mouthing. He's like, he's a fucking baby. So, <laughs> which is crazy, it. which is like, like everyone said, like you expect the B word to be bitch, not baby but baby almost seems more like yeah, yo honestly because like i you know I, we both played high school sports we both played even like intramural i don't know if you played intramurals in college like i did but it's dude getting called a bitch is like it's kind of like one of the mill but like something like that's like so simple but like that cuts deep so it's yeah. for a guy like simmons who's kind of had his maturity question sometimes like it's caught that like leave it to Giannis for a dagger and you know the best part is you can even go to part two where Ben Simmons yams on Giannis. Yeah, a little putback dunk. And it obviously was – I don't think it wasn't as impressive because he didn't back down Giannis. But it was still just as, like, disrespectful, it felt like. Um, Simmons just kind of screamed in his face and flexed. But the whole thing that blows my mind is that the Sixers were winning by, like, I think, like, five when Giannis put up there. They were winning by seven when Giannis, which got it to five. And he was talking so much shit. And they ended up losing, even though they put up 52 points. I get that. But – the whole thing's good. I think that the East I is going to be, the yeah, the East is going to be interesting this year. Definitely a lot more. Like you have five teams that are like legit, and then you have like a Brooklyn Nets team that can come out of nowhere, and you got a Pistons team that with Blake Griffin going off. Like, I, love, I think. By the way, I love him. And, I love him and Andre Drummond on the same team. I love that team. It's so much fun to watch. They are. I mean, 
There's no, I, there's no chance they'll probably lose first round. Like, oh, I know. Crazy. Who cares? Like, yeah. Here, okay. So, like, I the East right now is like an allegory for a post-LeBron NBA, and it makes me so happy. This is a good point. It's so fun. The East is so much fun. Like, eventually, we're, we're starting to see right now the Warriors are starting to slowly come apart at the seams. Kevin Durant's probably gone. Boogie's going to be gone. Clay might leave. LeBron's imploding uh, L.A. And But the East, it's just fun out there. You got a rookie in Troy Young chucking bombs yelling to his city. You got Giannis and Ben Simmons, two of the best young guys in the league, going at each other. It's like the East is like starting to catch this trend of, yeah, we're back to what the NBA used to be when it was more fun. The pre-LeBron domination days, like 2009 through 2000, when the NBA was just fun to watch. And and it's going it, to, I love this. It's it's kind of like, maybe it's the start of what's going to happen as, as the NBA fades LeBron out. Because I guarantee a post-LeBron Kevin Durant is going to be running his mouth at dudes all the time. Same with Harden. Westbrook, my boy Brody, like I love this kind of ball where guys are talking shit and yelling at each other on the court, and they're not chucking tees out because you know what? This is what like sports was. Sport, you're supposed to talk shit in sports. And to conclude, I just love how like the East is kind of shown it can be entertaining even without LeBron. And going forward, I think this just helps the narrative that the NBA doesn't need a super like need this AAU mentality. It was kind of like a mirage. So. All right, Mark, we got NCAA to talk about because Selection Sunday was yesterday, and my Tar Heels are our one seat, and I love it. Yeah, it was a very, very interesting, um, I guess you could say, tournament. The conference tournaments were good. You had some crazy calls with, like, people that were trying to foul because they were up three, some no calls. Um, There's a huge hoop of the Jay Billis is, is a – he loves to hate on the slashing committee. That's for sure. Because he thinks Michigan State got screwed, which I guess in turn they did because they're the fifth overall team and they got thrown in the number one overall team's bracket. That um, is kind of terrible. Yeah, but then the, the the committee commissioner was saying how it's because location for the first two games or whatever. I don't know. It's all whatever. Like I get that Duke, Michigan State wouldn't want to face Duke in the Elite Eight. I get that, but you got to beat them no matter when you if they have to see in the championship. You got to make it to the games too to play against them. So it's always a bunch of bullshit, I think, a bunch of hoopla. 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 Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very. I don't. If this year could be, hopefully, it's not like last year where Nova just pretty much dominated everyone they played and then just won it easily. I kind of want some. A little more mix and match. Um, I think the number one seeds, other than Virginia, I think even Gonzaga could go on a run just because they, as much as they, they don't get appreciated, I think they're well coached. But Our obviously, coach. obviously um, Tar Heels are a pretty complete team. But, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I'm going to have to find a way to watch it at work. Uh, the NCAA app, your phone. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I have two monitors. I'll be able, I just got to make sure that people aren't. Yeah, I gotta do you be- still have your own office, or is it now? I do have an office at the new place, but it's not going to be for long. But for now, I'm going to take advantage of it. We're going to do. They're doing. We're doing like a rebuild or something. Either way, um, yeah. So I, I got. I mean, there's a lot of good games in this first couple rounds. Even the first four. I mean, you got some good games with. Uh, who we have 
North Dakota State, those 16 seed games stink. But you got Temple versus um, – where's that? Temple. Temple and Belmont. Belmont was a huge, like – Dickie V was like, I will not watch – I will not watch the tournament if they don't get Belmont in here this year. They did. And then you have Arizona State, St. John's. Obviously, the playing games are a big deal because, oh, there are the bubble teams that they let in. But, yeah. I like it. Because um, uh, Belmont, uh, Arizona, St. Arizona State, St. John's takes on uh, – who is it? Uh, yeah, they take on Buffalo. Which yep. is, it's 11 games. going to be interesting. And you also have the um, – Belmont Temple game, which takes on uh, Maryland, also another team in the Big Ten that kind of uh, started to fall off a little bit towards the end of the season. So yeah, but they have that Fernando dude or whatever, some like yeah. really good play. I haven't really watched Maryland a lot, but I've heard a lot of people like them. Um, but they, I, re- I look at every one of these games and I'm like, sure. I mean, could St. Louis be Virginia Tech? I don't think so, but sure. Wisconsin and Oregon probably going to be – Well, I'm telling you right now, folks, Wisco and Oregon, that could be your 5-12 game to watch. Yeah, but there's – even Vegas thinks so because I think Wisconsin's minus one. That's it. That's like they're only a favorite by a point, which is pretty much means they're not the favorite. Yeah, and I, I just do – where's the game getting played? San Jose? It kind of favors Oregon too. Um, Some big games, though, that I'm looking forward to. You got – Everyone's talking about is Murray State and Marquette, um, Ja Morant, the under like the unforeseen big talent that's probably gonna be the second pick behind Zion, depending on who what the order of the draft is. He's electric. He's starting to stock the more and more he plays. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Ja Morant, electric. You got I think it's not Jordan Howard. It's Marcus Howard from Marquette right now. His wrist is hurt, I believe, um, but he's like one of the best scorers in college basketball. So those two. Which stinks because I think Marquette's going to win depending on Howard's health, but I really want to see John Morant just kind of go on a run and like make his name even known because the dude's electric, even though I feel like in five to six years from now, I'm going to be comparing him to Russell Westbrook. And I probably won't like him, but. You are um, just such a hater on my boy Brody, man. Dude, Brody got to win something for me before. I would love to see, like, the Thunder win the title this year. I think that would just shut up, like, 90% of the media. But the Thunder, if, the Thunder, if the Thunder win the finals, you will probably have to find another <laughs> person to do this with because I will never I will never believe in my own opinion of anything. Well, I mean, no, I'll just have you go on a week, a little week vacation. We'll have Kevin sub in for you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All um, right. Well, okay, so – we're looking at the number one seeds, of course, are Gonzaga, North Carolina, Virginia, and Duke. Um, in the east, I think that's the south bracket, and then Midwest and West brackets. Um, I love the hardest bracket, of course, Gonzaga. We were talking about this before. They got Michigan, Texas Tech, and Florida State, home one bracket. Even, like you said, even with Marquette, even with Syracuse, the possibility for a second round with that zone, uh, Nevada, who made a run last year, I think as a seven seed, they got the same ranking. Zaga really got hosed in their bracket. As they should, though, when it comes to I know, they're the last country. four seed. Um, North Carolina's bracket, the only real team that scares me is Auburn. I'm not terrified that much of Kentucky. They've been kind of just waning away. I don't even know how the hell they still got a two seed. Um, Houston, I think, is good, but I think that 
they're going to run to Ohio State, who could still take them to take them out. Kansas is a joke. This is the first time I ever won the Big 12 since I was like a, t- a toddler. Um, I mean, Virginia's bracket's kind of interesting because you have a lot of t- Oregon's dangerous. So is Kansas State. Purdue, of course, was one of the top 10 team at one point this year. You have Tennessee, who our boss, Mike Brown, thinks is going to win the title, which I don't see how he thinks that one. But okay, Mike. Um, I think I, I, my first bracket I did off the of gut was Duke versus Tennessee. I think they're that good. They have the guys. They have really good college basketball players, and they have, and they they had one bad game against an Auburn team, who couldn't miss a three. So, I like Tennessee too. But it was so funny when Mike Tennessee could that. be the. I think Tennessee could win that. They win that bracket. I don't think they're exactly. North Carolina out. But I'm saying I, I know I'm saying, but I, I think they're a good enough team to compete with and maybe beat a North Carolina or even. A, and I think Kentucky is going to sneak around too. They I mean they were they Kentucky pretty much had Tennessee beat in that SEC tournament, and Coach Cal uh, loves to kind of have these teams and then just come alive in the tournament. But um, and then again, like we saw with that Malik Monk team, they're kryptonite. He's North Carolina, so yeah. hopefully that continues. But um, yeah, no, I just it's going to be a really interesting tournament. Like this is one of those years where I'm just kind of like, huh. Like it's gonna there's there's not a low there's not a very uh like loaded versus unloaded side of the bracket every team's bracket's pretty pretty stiff even Duke's got has got to deal with uh, LSU Michigan State so yeah if LSU and don't forget about Yale that's what I'm saying because LSU with the whole coach issue um Yale Hot Tech Virginia Tech with uh Buzz Williams I mean Mississippi State I'm not really I don't know anything much about. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, the best part about that is Louisville versus Minnesota. How great is that? Everyone's all the, uh, college basketball purists are so mad. Richard Pitino, Rick Pitino's son coaches Minnesota. And of course they're playing Louisville. So guess who's going to be in the stands? Probably Rick Pitino himself. What a great idea for ratings. Obviously people are pissed because it's like, Oh, this is a serious thing. Don't make it about the ratings, dude. Let's all enjoy that game. Yeah, let's all enjoy the fact that every like pure like sports purists are the worst. Yeah, but they really are. I uh, I don't know. I mean, watch Minnesota knocks off Louisville. Big Ricky, Big Ricky's gonna be in those stands rocking Minnesota. Oh, he will be so happy. He'd be like, "Yeah, you guys screwed me, you snitches," and then then uh, then they'll get smoked by Michigan State. But so who do you who do you think when you look at these things? And obviously, there's some. There, I need I these could be upsets, but who would you if you had to take locks for who you think is going to be the upsets? Who do you think? I know you're Oregon, but that's kind of not really. That's that kind big of that, like stupid Vegas kind of screwed me there. Um, I think I think that the biggest. Story. This could be wrong too, because Jay Wright's a really good coach. But the biggest story of the first weekend would be national champions are done after one game in St. Mary's. They're playing St. Mary's. Oof, that was that's a small. I like that one too. Um, I'm trying to look if there's any other ones. I I just just yelling. I can see. I want my I I want a 15 at least once. I I love when a 15. There's always one 15 every year, but who's I can see it being Montana against Michigan. I can see that too. I don't Never think Ivor Christian's being Kentucky. I don't think Colgate's being Tennessee, but then Colgate 
then I that would make sense because I'm high on Tennessee, so it makes sense if Colgate be Tennessee. Well, also my neighbor who's a Colgate grad, I'm gonna ask her how good Colgate is this year because I have no idea. They must be really good in their conference because they made the tournament. But um, the first time since 1996. I'm a little. Now that you said Kentucky, there's no way Kentucky loses. I'm like, huh. To Albin Albin Christian. Dude, but that, then that's what they said about Duke and Mercer a couple of years ago. Like, who the hell heard of Mercer? Oh, I picked them. I pick. I usually pick against Duke at least in one of my brackets in the first thing, just because I love it. I picked them when I picked Lehigh when they beat them. Who was that? The um, all right. So who, who's your knockoff this year? Is VCU going to take them out or UCF? Duke, no. They're gonna. I have my my gut one. I have them winning it all. Um, they're Lame. no. Duke's not going to lose to, I don't think, North Dakota State or that North Carolina Central. They're not going to lose to VSCU or UCF. Um, I get to see – they have an easy path, man. They do have, I mean, Vatek beat them this year, didn't they? Or yeah. no? That no. is the team. Fools – no, Gonzaga beat them with full strength. That's what I'm trying to think. Gonzaga's the only team that has beat Duke when they were full strength, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. We have to get clarification they on that. They lost by two. Because I remember uh, they lost by two to Gonzaga because I remember R.J. Barrett got the ball at the end of the game. But, yeah, they've won every other game when they've had full – when they've had Trey Jones, R.J. Barrett, and Zion on the floor. Here's the one thing. Um, what if Zion gets in foul trouble in one of these games? Well, that's what they were saying. That's the only way it's going to really hurt if he gets three fouls off the bat or something like that. Well, who's the team? Gonzaga and North Carolina were the only teams that took Duke the distance. North Carolina lost on a Kobe White bad shot, and Gonzaga won by two. Duke is not unbeatable, and that's why I think people like running to Duke. It's why I'm like, I refuse to take them. I actually was giving my uh, last call today, but – yeah, no, I am. There's, there's gonna be a two eleven. There's gonna be a two fifteen game going down. It's gonna be interesting. I, I've the Kentucky Al Al being Christian <laughs> just, just seems interesting and really kind of, it's calling my name a little bit. But well, it's because you want, yeah, because I mean you're not, you're not high on Kentucky. But the game that blows my mind too is this game above Kentucky, which is the Wofford and Seton Hall. Everyone's like, wow, Wofford's this really good team that nobody really knows about, but then everyone really knows about it now. They're twenty nine and four. Um, I don't know what I don't even know what conference they're even in. I didn't even know they're D one. Oh, I know that I knew they just recently got moved up to D one, but they're playing well. But Seton Hall, like they beat Villanova. Like they're not a bad team either. And everyone's just gonna ride this Wofford. I think that they're gonna have Wofford beating Kentucky and all shit. And I'm like, I think Seton Hall might just beat them. Seton Hall might whoop them. So. Seattle's a good, a very balanced team. But um, the one thing I also noticed to me, Villanova sneaks by St. Mary's. They got Purdue. I don't know anything about Purdue this year. Purdue's I don't think Purdue great. is really good just, this year. It's just like they also play in a conference that just ate them up like, and it was crazy. But they're a three seed for a reason. So I mean, they're playing against Old Dominion, though, who beat Syracuse and then beat TCU this year, or VCU this year, so. But, that's not going to be an easy matchup, too. I mean, I a lot of balanced games this year. It's going to be interesting. I just think there's no real powerhouses other than Duke. Other than, I mean, there is, I guess, some powerhouses, but nobody that you're like. Well, I mean, this, Duke this team is the was first year I actually, in a while, where I think they hammered it out with the number one seeds. Yeah. It's the number one seeds, 30 feet of crap, and then everything else. To quote Moneyball. 
I mean, you even have like the good. I like the seven to ten matchups, all of them, every single oh, one. Nevada, Nevada, Florida is a good one because Cincinnati, you never know. Cincinnati, Iowa, I love too. Yep, and then um, Louisville, Minnesota. Minnesota. We talked about already, so yeah, it's I love them all. Every game, it's going to be uh, week. This is maybe a first round that there's not going to be as many blowouts as usual. UC uh, Irvine. First round game start when? The what? First round game start when Thursday. Thursday, because the oh, playing well, games coming are... coming back from Delaware. Oh, that's going to be a fun day in the truck. Yeah. Oh, look at that, baby. <laughs> the first uh, play, the first four games are um, tomorrow. There's two games tomorrow, two games Wednesday, and then there's the whole whatever amount of games they play on Thursday and Friday, and then they get into the weekend. It's just an exciting time. For, I love this week. It's just – it's a great week. So much fun. And then right after that, I think base after this – the whole tournament. Baseball starts like net, like in two weeks from now. It's like ten days. Ten days. Ten days. I saw. And then after that is the draft. It's just oh, it's a lot of time. This is like there was that lull period, like right before conference play. It's like it's like that. It's like a month long from like February third to like March like tenth. It's just dead. And then oh my god, sports. Yeah, imagine. I'm really curious if the AAF was like, yo, we need Johnny football because our ratings are going to be terrible this weekend. They're gonna. Have, they might as well take a bye week. Oh yeah, they're not gonna get anything. All right. Nobody's gonna watch that shit. All right, enough shit on my AAF. All right. Um, that about wraps up for today. But we have one last call, so let's kick the smooth jazz. As my come back near my voice, I realize I'm leaning away from the microphone. Um, folks, I'm gonna tell you a little secret here. I'm not sold on Duke at all. I think they're the best team in the bracket, and they're, they're part of the bracket. And the region, they, yeah, sure. Are you kidding me? They, they're the number one seed, so they have the lowest talent bracket-wise. I was talking to a guy, uh, a friend of mine today, and we were talking about Duke a little bit. And I said, why I don't trust Duke is for a couple of reasons. We saw the Kansas team a couple years ago was Wiggins and Embiid's Kansas team that got knocked out in the second round. One thing that always scares me about freshman teams is they don't, they're not used to the constant play. They're not used to constantly moving and the tournament atmosphere can throw guys off. I worked one of these regional tournaments once. It's insane. It's like a zoo. But, and I can only imagine what it's like for the players who are just running around in like a, full, a city they're not used to for days on end. It's like on vacation. How do you keep yourself, like guys who are younger than us, keep their maturity together? And on top of that, what another thing is, what if Zion gets in foul? This, I could be completely wrong because Zion they could just steamroll everyone and just and then I would just hate one and one and dunce forever. But what if Zion gets in foul trouble? Seriously, like people aren't talking about the fact that RJ Barrett hurts his stock every time he goes on the court now. You beat RJ Barrett by forcing him to go right. Was uh Mark Craig wrong? Was it Barrett who shot the last two free throws that gave North Carolina a shot to win the game? Yeah, and he missed both of them. Yeah, Barrett bricked them all free throws. Zion probably would hit one of them. Um, I guarantee anybody in North Carolina would hit those if they were in that position, but except for Brooks, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm just in. I've never been a fan of Trey Jones. Him and his brother just drive me crazy because they're both like point cards who just can't shoot correctly most of the time. And Cam Reddish is the only other guy I fear in that down that Duke team, and he's streaky. So to me, as a Duke, there's a lot of holes in that Duke armor that people are kind of ignoring because they're so caught up on Zion. And don't get me wrong. I hope my Timberwolves go like 0-22 the rest of the season 
and we get a shot to number one overall pick. Because, or we get this moron, Mormont guy out of Murray State. Because I want something crazy. But, because Zion's a town. And I appreciate what he does for him. I wish he didn't go to Duke. I wish he went to anywhere else. But, it's great. Like, people just gotta get off the hype train for a minute. Yes, he's a transcendent talent, but transcendent talents can get buried in the tournament. He could come out and brick like six shots in a row and Duke could get buried early by like, let's say they go into the final four and they take on, I don't know, let's say they take on Gonzaga and Zion just comes out and just completely breaks his first eight shots and Duke can't say hit a three to save their life. Or he gets caught in foul trouble and Gonzaga makes a run or whoever comes out of that bracket. They go to the title and they're playing North Carolina or Tennessee or Virginia. It's not a conclude facts. That's why I'm like saying like, do not go all in on Duke because there's a lot of cracks in that in that foundation. And if one goes, that whole thing could come collapsing out. Duke could lose in the third round. We don't know. The NCAA tournament's so scary and Duke's got so much instability around them that, yeah, oh God, they won the ACC tournament. North Carolina played like crap the final five minutes and they usually do in the, in the ACC tournament. And the only loss because Kobe White tried to force a bad shot because he's 18 years old. And he's a point guard. So, pump the brakes on Duke, on the Duke banners dropping yet. We got some stuff to watch. I would rather bet on any other. Duke is the once, like, I Duke is, I could see it, but like, I don't know, there's a lot of teams you got to look at. All the, the three other number one seeds, Tennessee, also, I mean, Actually, that's about to, I would I really don't like going at anybody that's not a two or higher winning the title. I'm weird like that. I'm very chalkish, but I don't know. Yeah, that's about it for me, Mark. Yeah, I uh, I can I don't know. I can't. I can I, There's no way I can doubt Duke this year. I mean, they, I they the team is just a completely different team when Zion's on the court. And they have a pretty easy road. If they have to go against North Carolina again, who knows? I do not think. I don't know. I I, I can't make that. would that. be the most insane national title ever. Supposedly they've never met in the tournament. I know. I've heard that. Before. Which is uh, which needs cool. to happen. But that'd be that'd be that'd be. I think that'd it almost like, happened. Like I actually like like that would be like the craziest national title ever. Might be the it's most not, watched easily. Oh yeah, and cause, like two years ago when North Carolina played Gonzaga, I was like, damn. That was a terrible national championship. Oh, it was awesome. The Villanova-UNC national championship might be one of the best ones we've all seen. And it broke my heart. I literally could not be consoled for a couple hours. I was just like... (laughs) It it was the the sequence of plays on that game. I don't know. Either way, March Madness is back. Um, If you're listening... It's going to be madness. It's going to be madness. If you're listening, the Belly Up Basketball Twitter is going to be running polls all day when you're listening to this so it's like pretty much picking who's going to win it we're going to try to fill up bracket through twitter polls should be interesting go do it either way enjoy the greatest week of the year one of the greatest weeks of the year. so much fun and also next week look for the official corner booth facebook and uh instagram pages which will be dropping sometime next week yep which your boy over here will and the mock draft wednesday Oh, yeah. Our mock draft will be coming Wednesday. I have to rewrite, redo mine. I still think Philadelphia takes Josh Jacobs at 25. Quick preview. But that's about it for us. 
see you folks later this week. It may, our podcast may be coming up later because I may have a work thing coming up and I have to, you know, pay the bills. But we'll see y'all very soon. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.